Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today, I've had the fortunate opportunity to welcome Sally from Spendthrift Trust. And Sally's was motivated to become a real estate investor when her mom became sick in 2018. Uh, she was 53 and needed to make a change in her life quickly. Uh, she's been an insurance agent for over 20 years and has used her experience to make positive changes. Now she shares her information weekly in her real estate group and Win Win Women TV. And in July 2020, she brought a bank-owned property for $20,000 that would go to auction for 50 when COVID restrictions lifted. She knew her capital gains would be a little over $7,000 and researched how the rich paid so little in taxes, which has led her to find uh, the business and beneficial spend thrift, spend thrift trusts. Welcome, Sally. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. You bet. So you you bought some real estate. You, yes. you learned that your capital gains, uh, which uh, I won't go into the funny story that's happening here in Washington State about capital gains, but... Um, so you, you learned that your taxes were going to be at least 70, was it $7,100 right. or so? $30,000 short-term capital gains are 23.8% no matter what you're doing a year or less. Ouch. So, um, in my real estate group, one of the instructors is, his name's Garrett Gunderson. He wrote a book called what the Rockefellers do. I had read the book before I joined the real estate group and I had time, I had 13 months, you know, before this was going to mm -hmm. happen. And I... I went down the rabbit hole. I started Googling people, started calling people, trying to find this out. And when I found out how I could save capital gains, I petitioned to do a mastermind in my real estate group. And now I want to get the word out to as many people as possible because so many people don't know how taxes affect them and how much they are, unfortunately. Well, the funny thing about taxes, so we just had a, a big... Uh, they call them excise taxes here versus capital gains. Okay. And and everybody knows that capital gains is an income tax. I mean, that's the formal IRS definition. But somehow or another, our Supreme Court said that that wasn't true and that this was not a uh, an income tax because we have an actual constitutional amendment that says you can't institute a, a, an income tax. Well, somehow or another, I don't know if our Supreme Court doesn't know how to read or what, but so, and this is the state of Washington. It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. So your your topic, um, you know what? So when you made the decision to start investing in real estate, what I, I know you you said your mother was was sick in October 2018. Sorry to hear that. And so, how did that event get you into real estate investing? Um, my parents drove from what's Goodyear, Arizona, which is about 20 miles west of Phoenix, to the Charlotte area for a wedding. On mm -hmm. the way, my mom got what's called septic blood, blood poisoning. Mm -hmm. She was on a ventilator for 13 months. She did get better, came home, but she stayed in North Carolina for nine months. And my dad stayed with her. Um, so I was living in Phoenix, and I was going out to their house, going through their mail. And her November 2018 uh, Medicare bill was 27 pages thick. It was folded in half. And when I opened it up, I can remember what I was wearing. I can remember a little golf cart going around the corner. Wow. It was $172,000. Thank God my dad was a retired military officer. So, 
they had TRICARE for life, but I was working as a Medicare broker. I had an $8,000 deductible for any healthcare plan and living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, I, I have to change. I have to do something. And I can remember I called my friend, Glenn, who was a real estate investor. I'm like, what can I do? And he's like, we're having a party to this coming weekend. Come talk, come meet some friends. And I, the reason I uh, put a little bit of uh, a few months in between, you know, the holidays and things, but I started self-directing my uh, IRA, my traditional IRA and my Roth IRA. I had set that up and I've, this is a funny story. I got fired as a Medicare broker because someone moved four miles from Texas into New Mexico and I sold her a policy that was licensed to do, but was out on the phone campaign. And the next day I wholesaled the house for $8,000. Like, I don't need this job anymore. It's wow. the only time I've ever been fired, but it was a, I, I think it's such a funny story. That is hilarious. I mean, you know, a lot of times those types of events is what really trigger us to, you know, realize yes. that we can go do something like that. So kudos to you. Exactly. Um, so what, what is, you know, why Spendthrift Trust? How does it, how, how did it help? How did it, uh, mm -hmm. you know, help to, because I was reading your bio and reading, you know, your, um, about you and, and it, it was very interesting. So help us help my audience understand the, you know, the different types of trust and things like that. No problem with this, Dean. Most people know a trust, just like what my parents had and what Susie Orman talks about on UP, um, PBS television. That's like a uh, trust only to avoid probate when someone dies. This is mm. not your mom and dad's trust. This is uh, comes from England back uh, when King Henry VIII started the Church of England. I'm not going to give you dates because I'm dyslexic and I'll mix them up. But when he started the Church of England, he wanted to tax the lords and ladies of England for his new church. The lords and ladies went back even further in history to the Magna Carta and came up with this trust. The trust, I work for a law firm. This trust is legal. It has a patent on it for 70 years, and it is in the IRS tax code 74, I'm going to give you the wrong number, 743B, like Bravo, 743 that talks about this. In the law firm, they have a trust in 2023 that's going to turn 350 years old. So it's older than our Constitution, our uh, Declaration of Independence. It is contract law. And you were talking about what's happening in the state of Washington. This is federal level. Um, mm -hmm. True story. I moved from Phoenix to North Carolina to, to do real estate investing. I have everything in my trust. The state of uh, North Carolina has no idea I live here. My, the trust pays for my car registration. The trust pays for my gas. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I live with my brother and sister-in-law in a beautiful five-bedroom house, but that's a whole different story. But I do everything in the trust, and I do not file state. Um, I didn't file Arizona's uh, uh, taxes or North Carolina taxes. I only filed the federal taxes, a, two, a 1041 uh, tax return. Wow. So if you're a real estate investor in uh, Washington, it might be helping you there because, yeah, states can do some crazy things, unfortunately. Yeah, it's... um. Our our real estate market out here is a uh, it's it's crazy as far as valuations of homes and things like that. So investing out here, you've got to have a lot of capital, and right. it's just um, <clears throat> if I'm going to invest in real estate, I'm going to do it somewhere else. Uh, I you know the um, you know in our neighborhood, uh, you know homes were originally probably sold for two fifty three hundred and they're over seven figures. And I'm like, there's no way that this house is worth that much. And, and, 
Yeah. In, in Phoenix at, at ASU, Arizona State University, um, he retired as a professor, but he does a study about average people, someone who's a firefighter, someone who's a school teacher, someone who works in a grocery store, how they can't afford, like you said, more than $300,000. Where, where do you go to live? How do you afford such a house? Uh, that's And that's the problem out here is because people can't afford to live here. They can't. I mean, um, my bride, she's a, well, she was a pre-K teacher and now she's the assistant director. But if if it was just her salary, we couldn't live here. I mean, just, you can't, um, you know, in some of these areas and locations like uh, Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, places like that. And, and even here, um, you know, some of the places that you'd say five years ago, you could afford, you can't afford that now because people have migrated there and subsequent valuations on home have gone, gone crazy. So um, how, so what's, What's the difference between a beneficial trust and a business trust? Great question. The business trust is for 1099 income earners. Unfortunately, neither trust is going to help someone working a W-2 income that that because there's uh, state taxes and federal taxes. Mm-hmm. But like one of my clients with a, a 1090 uh, 1099 income, he's an affiliate marketer. Um, I wish I had his problem. He has he makes forty thousand dollars a month doing affiliate marketing. Another one of my clients has an Amazon store. I don't know how much they make, but they sell, they do very well with the Amazon store. With uh, the uh, business trust, you will save up to 70% of your federal taxes just having that trust. And then if you're living Washington state, but I always say New York state, Illinois, or California, there's a lot of state taxes because you're not filing state taxes. They're going to save money that way too. The beneficial trust is for investors. I don't care real estate investor, crypto investor or stock market, the beneficial trust is going to stop you from paying capital gains, short-term and long-term. It's going to stop uh, interest income. So if you're investing in a REIT or if you're investing in, uh, you know, if you're getting paid for your passive investing, it's going to, uh, if you're in the stock market, it's going to stop dividend income, rental income. So if you have any Airbnbs or um, actual doors that you, you rent out, and it's going to start stop paying royalties. People don't realize royalties. You only know, think of a songwriter or an author or something like that. But anybody in the NFT meta world, that is a royalty too. So royalty crypto, royalty artwork, royalty um, real estate. So with, with most of my clients either have one or the other trust. You don't need to have both depending on what mm-hmm. you're doing. Um, we do have, I do have both. My father bought both for, uh, for the family because how we have different things happening in my family. Uh, we have, my brother runs his own business. I run businesses through the a business trust, but I do my real estate and my crypto investing all through the beneficial trust. Wow. Okay. That sounds complicated. It's really not. Um, just to give you an idea, because I, I love figures, interest rate, interest income, dividend income, and rental income. There's seven different categories, but you're um, fed, um, seven different uh, tax categories between 10% to thir- uh, 37%. I don't know what your personal tax category is, but that's what we would save year after year after year. It saves you so much money when you have when you do have the trust. I know what I'm going to be researching tonight. <clears throat> so, <laughs> and um, I can send you information, articles from Forbes, because I'm going to be honest, 99% of the world has not heard of this, but the Rockefellers have this trust. U.S. presidents have this trust. Do you know, do you know one of a uh, guru called Grant Cordon? Oh, yeah, I know Grant. 
Well, I don't I know him personally, but personally, I, I love I, him. Yeah. You know who he is, yes. Yeah. But I have him on recording where he talks about he doesn't want people to know about this because if he comes up uh, to Washington and you're looking at a possible investment where it's only 8% rate of return, you're mm-hmm. like, hmm, that's a little bit too skinny. He can swoop in, do the same uh, real estate deal, and then he's going to save the capital gains 23.8%. So he's making 30% rate of return on this. But he doesn't want everyone to know. And I think that's so wrong. I think everyone should know. We're not taught this in school. I mean, if, if, if oh. people were taught how to save money or uh, write a checkbook, we would be in such a different uh, condition right now. That's very true. I mean, there's <clears throat> financial acumen, I like to call it, is not taught yes. in any of our schools. And so, um, you know, and I've made some bonehead financial decisions. And and luckily, my kids have learned, does. have learned from that. Uh, my um, they're all debt free. Uh, they, Congratulations. You know, they're, they're investing in their like what my oldest is investing in gold or IRA. I don't know how it all works, but, you know, we're investing in that hard metals. And I mean, because depending on who you listen to, you know, we're in for a world of hurt coming. Um, but so one of the things that I picked up on is, is you talk about a circle of wealth in five simple steps. What Correct. help, help, help the audience understand what you mean by, I mean, I love, I'd love to be in a circle of wealth, um, but help, help the audience understand what that means. Um, it is a, another program. I'm waiting. I have filled out the paperwork. Have you ever done a nonprofit paperwork? It's like that. It's yes, I have actually. Well, mine's not official just yet, but I, I want to start teaching this in churches here. Um, I'm about 10 miles outside of Charlotte. And if you go a mile and a half, you'll see a Baptist church. Another mile, you'll see another Baptist church. They're, they're, I don't mean to make fun of the, the churches in North Carolina, but they're all poor. The roofs are caving in, you know, the, the, things like this. But with the circle of wealth, because of what I've learned with my real estate investing, the uh, five simple steps, the first uh, one is two questions. Can you physically do this? And then the second one is, can you mentally do this? I mean, if you say no to either question, this is not for you. Right. Uh, step two, thanks to a friend of mine, um, when COVID happened, I had three three pieces of property all of a sudden stop paying me. I mean, I was Bank of Sally, not Bank of America. And so she got me into what's called uh, the gift uh, gift giving uh, world. If you remember back at uh, December of 2016, there were bad fires in uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and Dolly Parton was gifting anyone who lost their houses fifteen thousand dollars. That the people who got the gift didn't have to report that on their IRS tax paperwork, because Dolly Parton, being the humanitarian she was, was giving them the money. So with my friend Veronica, she got me involved with this. It's one time. $10 and then I help you recruit your three people. So when you get your, when you sign up by PayPal, by uh, Cash App, by Zelle, by you know, whatever you want, you give somebody else $10. I've only got my three people. Then your three people, one person does $10, second person does $10, third person does $10. That first person, you put it back in your pocket. You're now at, you're even Steven, you put in $10, you got $10 out. Person two and person three puts you up onto the uh, second level. I know what you're going to ask, Dean. Yes, it's a pyramid. Everyone's paying the same amount. But um, all that's going to happen is if everyone keeps doing what they're doing, you're on a $10 level, $20 level, $40 level, $80 level on the first board. When you finish, if you all do what you do and uh, put money into it, 
you end up with over $7,000 in your pocket tax-free. Then you go to the second board. Still, you only did one time, $10, that's all you did. On the second board, instead of $10, it's $100. Instead of 20, it's uh, 200. Instead of 40, it's 400. Instead of 80, it's 800. When you finish the second board, you're gonna have over $72,000 in your pocket or in your bank account, all tax-free. And you know, if you go through this board twice in a year, think of how much money you have. And I Googled this, average American makes $53,000 working 40 hours a week. So maybe they're working at Amazon, maybe they're a truck driver, maybe they're working in a grocery store. All you did, what, as a, I have a friend who complains, she's like, I got a, I got a text message saying I got, uh, someone paid me and I have to check my bank account. I'm like, I'm sorry, you just got paid 30, $40. You have to check your bank account and confirm it. So we laugh at her about, she's complaining, but you know, I'm straddling right now between, um, the uh, $80 and now I'm up at the $200 level because I've got people at different levels and that's step two. Step three, three online businesses. You talked about one of your children's doing gold. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I do uh, silver coins because silver is a commodity in your cell phone and pacemakers and electric yeah. cars. So you can buy silver coins. You can do affiliate market if you want to. You don't have to. A second business, kind of an interesting one. It's Novatech. You put I ask you to take $500 from that $7,000 you made, just stick it into Novatech, and every Friday they pay you compounded interest rate. So I started uh, September 4th, 2022, $500, and this past Friday I'm at $820, just grow, you know, growing compounded interest rate. Uh, step four, if people are interested to get involved in real estate, um, the real estate group I'm in, there's 11 classes. It's called the essential classes. It's $2,000, but you learn what a contract is. You learn what a wholesale deal is. You mm. learn some tax information. Everybody in my real estate group has the same basic education. And then when you start doing real estate, start keep making money on the gift giving tree, then you can afford the trust because most people don't have that kind of money, you know, for the trust. It is, I'll be honest, one trust is $20,500 for a one-time payment. But when you're in the gift giving tree, when you're finished the second board, you have enough money to do what you hopefully pay off debt, hopefully pay off your car, credit cards, pay off your car, things like mm -hmm. that. So wow. thank you for asking about that. So, so few people ask about that. Wow, that's interesting. So <clears throat> I know one of the things is, is you'd mentioned in your in your bio that you want to help. Is this how you're helping people get uh, debt free? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. I have I have my three people so far on uh, my website. Gift giving tree goes over to another website. I've recruited thirty two people. I'm not making fun of my thirty two people. Of my thirty two people, some of them have not recruited anyone, so I'm backfilling for them. Um, oh. One of my people, uh, he got onto the gift giving tree. He recruited his sister. His sister recruited seven people and jumped him. And he's like, that's not fair. I'm like, you could be doing the same thing, you know, do, doing the same thing she's doing. And it's neat because anyone in the world, I don't care. I've got one gentleman in India. I've got friends in the UK. The gentleman in India had to pay 149 rupees to get to American dollars. And he gets paid in American dollars. And he says he doesn't care. He can change it to rupee and do what, you know, do what he wants to. My friends in the UK... I think they paid six pounds, 44 pence to join the gift giving tree, you know, the exchange rate, mm -hmm. but it's always in American dollars. And, you know, if you do go out to that website is learnwithsallymarie.com. I do have a slide deck that gives you here. I think for the gift giving tree, it's a Wednesday night that they do a, a live 
uh, conversation and then a website to look it over. I'm not trying to twist someone's arm. I'm just saying, think of a new way. I mean, bankrate.com has a statistic. 80% of Americans, so somebody you know, Dean, have more than $90,000 in debt and are not saving 10% for retirement. When I first started, uh, started uh, real estate investing, I was working in the Medicare world. Mm-hmm. When people turn 65 and they find out to be to get Medicare, they have to use their uh, Social Security to pay for Part B. Little grandmas would curse you. They're like, I need all my money, you know, because people retiring wow. at 65 are broke. I mean, yeah. I had two or three people a week. This is a scary thing. If you haven't finished paying your student loans by the time you turn 65, they will garnish your social security to pay your federal student loans. And two people a week would, were in that situation. I mean, we shouldn't be living like that. I'm well, sorry. unfortunately, the, I mean, the, I mean, the biggest challenge, you know, is, is debt. I, I, I mean, the lack of education that we don't provide our young people um, and the lack of education that, you know, even parents, right. So sometimes we're not the greatest teachers, uh, you know, it, it, and easy money. Uh, you know, if you think uh, pre, I don't know what period we're in right now, pre high interest rates, whatever you want to call it, you know, easy money, refinance my house, go, you know, pay off debt, but then go put myself back in debt. And then, well, you know, it's a cycle. The banks are doing, they don't call it compounded interest rate. They call it uh, amortization rate. But when they say refinance your house, when you look at paying off your house, the first seven years, you're only paying the interest rate right. to back to the bank. That's when they say, oh, let's save you $200 a month. And then you get a whole nother mortgage. And it's a vicious cycle. Unfortunately, it it's, it's people get stuck and, I don't know about your family and friends, but I've had several friends who gave up on everything during COVID. And I'm like, no, there's so much more we can do right now. Um, going back to my mom, I I came out for the wedding. I had to fly back. I came out for Christmas and I had to fly back on New Year's Day. She was on the floor in Pineville, uh, North Carolina Hospital, 24 patients. She has one of 24 on a ventilator. And on New Year's Eve, four different patients were taken off the ventilator against doctor's orders because the family could not afford the, the the payment the next day, you know, the new year. Mm-hmm. I can remember the respiratory therapist in my mom's room just crying, tears going. People were taking their family members because they couldn't afford med- medical care. That's not fair. I mean, oh, I agree. You should die with dig- dignity. That's what I think. No, oh, I agree. I think that's. I mean, you shouldn't have to make that type of decision under those types of circumstances. And and you know, I mean that. There's a lot of things, unfortunately, broken in this country. Yes. Um, where that would that would be a, a, a much longer podcast. <laughs> exactly, I don't want to be depressed <clears throat> depressed about this. But it, again, going back to that statistic, eighty percent of Americans. I don't care. It might be your next door neighbor. It might be you know somebody you work with. You know mm-hmm. somebody who has this ninety thousand dollars in debt. It could be their mortgage. It could be car payments, credit card payments, medical bills. It could be. Uh, student loans. I mean, that's a huge number for people. It says that debt affects people's health, their life, mm-hmm. and everything else. So that that's why I want to help as many people as possible. Yeah, that's an awesome reason to help them. I mean, that's just uh, you know the you know the thing is is 
you know, they say in recovery, the first step is admitting it. And second step is taking an action to, to help eliminate it. And so I think that's part of the challenge that, you know, a lot of folks have is, you know, they're, they're overwhelmed. Right. And, and then when you're overwhelmed, you, you know, your decision-making or your critical thinking skills actually start to diminish. And so it becomes kind of a hamster wheel effect. So, well, that's awesome that you're willing to, you know, help and educate. And I, I think that's, that's very important. And so we're going to move on to the lightning round. And like I said, okay. the questions I, are I, I, I'm ready for this. I, I'm um, enjoying our conversation, Dean. So thank you. Uh, you bet. So the, what are your top three movie picks and why? Wow. Okay. This is an old movie and probably most people have never heard of it, but Breaker Morant. It was about the Boer War. I saw it back in college and it made me think about things. That's one. Um, top three movies. You have to always watch. It's, it's a Wonderful Life at Christmas. I don't care. Always where you do. Are. You always have to watch that. And number three. We were just talking about this uh, this past week on um, 60 Minutes. They interviewed Nicolas Cage. And my sister-in-law and I were talking about Valley Girl. I mean, I mean that's an 80s movie. Oh, that's but an 80s movie. 80s movie. But we watched it over the weekend. We watched it Monday night because we talked about it. So, yes. Um, I, I don't see that many movies. I, I have to apologize. So that's Oh, a good no question. apology needed. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the a lot of folks, uh, you know, one of the movies I love is Shawshank Redemption. Uh, oh, that's a good one. When it comes on. I read on, the book first. I don't know if you read the book, but uh, yeah. But that's not. Good. I'll have okay. to do that, but yeah, it's when that comes on. I don't care where it's at in the in the movie. I'm I'm staying there. It's just it's such a. I know he breaks out of prison, but still, it's it's the hope that you focus on throughout the movie that that I exactly. love. So, um, so next question is is what are your top three books and why? Okay, I like this. What's easier? My number one book is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by uh, uh, Joseph Murphy. My great aunt in Ireland would always be, I have to think about this. Let me sleep. And literally when you go to bed and have something on your mind and you wake up with a whole solution, it's amazing. Mm. My second favorite book um, is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. It's a little bit old, the, the things in there, but his entire philosophy is there's plenty of everything out there. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to lie. You don't have to do negative things. It's, you know, it's, find something and just do it. And then this sounds funny, but my third favorite book, I read it every year. It was probably my first main, main book I read, The Witch of Blackbird Pond. It's about um, pre, pre-revolutionary war about um, Connecticut. And it's just a great story. Um, my, my best friend and I, it's our best book, is our favorite book. And her, my godson's name is Nathaniel from the, one of the characters in the book. So wow. my three books. Thank you. Well, no, that's awesome. I love hearing about the different books that are out there and the power of the subconscious mind. I mean, it's really, it is amazing. And and I'm, I'm back in think and grow rich again. So I'm, I'm rereading that book and uh, I'm taking a course on it and it's, it's what, really, what course are you taking? If you don't mind asking, it is, I knew you were going to ask that and it is <laughs> true. Nope. Let me find, uh, what's his name? I listened to his podcast. Oh, Sean Osborne. So he's Sean got, Osborne. He's got a podcast called Thinking Big, and he really focuses on, uh, you know, like his latest one is uh, from distracted to driven. And so I, I love listening to the podcast and, and he's got a course out there <clears throat> based on thinking, grow rich. And so uh, I love listening to that. And 
I mean, one of the tasks in that, that course was you got to read chapter nine persistence for seven days. And I'm like one chapter for seven days. And you literally when like I was into it three days, had read it three days. I was on my fourth and I'm like, I don't want to, you know, you get you, your mind. Right. And I'm like, Nope, it's called persistence. I'm going to, I'm going to push through it. And I got it done. And so it's, it's really, it's just kind of an interesting way to, to reinforce things. And um, so, but no, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on and uh, where can folks find you? Um, my web, I, two different websites because we talked okay. about two different things. Yep. The trust is you, Y O U dot com is just about the trust. They can get a free PDF about the business trust and the beneficial trust. And then the other website is learnwithsallymarie.com. My older brother, true story, named me after a cat. My mom's from Ireland. Uh, he's two and a half years old. My dad comes into the hospital. The nurse says to my older brother, you've got a baby sister. And he named me after my aunt's feral cat. So my true name, because firstborn daughters have to be named Mary. So Sally Marie. Um, you can find me on a LinkedIn, Facebook, um, all those places, Sally Gibbon. On TikTok, I don't know if you're on TikTok, Dean, but my uh, TikTok handle is Spendthrift Trust. And I have 13.4 thousand followers, more than all my nieces together. I don't dance. so Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> but my, I... my, my nieces are shocked I'm on TikTok. They're like, you're going to embarrass us. I'm like, I'm not dancing. Don't worry. I'm not dancing. That's amazing. No, I was on TikTok and I, I wasn't quite sure how to leverage it. Uh, and so I, I've kind of backed away from that channel and well, I mean, quite, I, quite honestly, the thing I like about to talk, I'm not trying to uh, tell you what to do or anything, oh no. but if you're on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's only the people you're connected with. So, uh, you know, my Facebook group, but uh, my Facebook uh, group's not that big. My LinkedIn's doing better on TikTok on the hashtags. Like um, I go after real estate investors. I go after wholesalers that you know, I, you put in the hashtags of what you're dealing with. And that's how you grow your, your TikTok. And I'll be honest, my, I, my coach, Alex hit, I, I, I didn't even know how to put TikTok on my phone. That that'll be I'll be honest with that. So I, I so I was way so January uh, July thirty first. He had because I got TikTok and I couldn't. You had to swipe up. I, I thought you just swipe to the left. You know, silly me. But um, he he helped me out on things. My second week on TikTok, I do a live um, Q and A on Monday evening. Someone from TikTok saw my video, got on the, my live, and he asked for the contract. He. He was a real estate investor. He was going to sell two warehouses on Long Beach Court for $6 million. He got the trust and he saved, I forget how much, at 20%, because it's either 15% or 20%. At 20%, he saved $1.2 million. Wow. At 10, 15%, I want to say it was 900000 He's just like, I saw your video about capital gains. He's like, I need, you know, we, we got the trust. We got everything set up for him to save that kind of money. Wow, that's amazing. Kudos to you so, for doing I, that. It, He's my first, I've had six clients come from TikTok directly. Wow. I don't think I've heard of anybody getting clients off TikTok. So you're the first. You'd be surprised. I, and again, I'm going to promote somebody else, if you don't mind. Alex yeah. Hitt, his last name is H-I-T-T. He does a whole thing about getting on TikTok. And he works with you for what your hashtag should be. And yeah, I, I just had two story. A son, a grown son, 28 years old, saw one of my videos before Christmas his dad sold his restaurant in Kentucky, uh, March 15th. Dad, who did never got on Zoom, this another child put him on Zoom. 
we got it. We got him all situated. We had talked to his business broker. He sold his Kentucky restaurant, everything in it, um, food, recipes, everything else for uh, $3 million. They will either save $460,000 in capital gains at 15% or $600,000 at 20%. His wife called me in happy tears going, you don't know what an extra $460,000 means. He's 69, she's 68. And I'm like, I, I know what $46 means to me. I, I can't imagine what $460,000 means. Yeah. So, I mean, that's TikTok. Again, the son saw a video and showed it to his dad saying, I think you need to talk to her. So that's, that's what I, I love TikTok for. Wow. And that's a, so folks can definitely find you on TikTok. Spencer of Trust. Yes. Spencer, Spencer of Trust. Trust. All right. That's awesome. Well, Sally, but this has been, go ahead. I was going to say any place else, Sally Gibbons. So yes. That's awesome. Well, this has been, I, I've learned a lot in the short time that we spent together. I and enjoyed it, Dean. Thank you for doing this. You bet. And uh, it's been a joy to have you on. And, and I thank you so much. And so folks, uh, you've heard where you can find Sally, and if she can save you four hundred sixty or six hundred thousand dollars, I would check her out because that's that's impressive. And and uh, so I thank you for listening to Battle from Business from Battle to Business with your host Dean Van Dyke and Sally Gimmon. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.